It's Hick at Night with Ryan Hickey. And welcome on in to CBS Sports Radio. It is Ryan Hickey with you right here on this Tuesday evening. Welcome. Thank you for making us a part of your Tuesday. If you have missed any part of the show so far or unfortunately can't hang out with us until 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific, no problem. Make sure you download and subscribe to the Hick at Night podcast. Night spelled N-I-T-E. Every single minute of this show will be uploaded right there to the podcast feed so you can either get up to date and get caught up, or if you do miss out, be able to still uh, hear what we are chatting about right here on CBS Sports Radio and still be locked into the loop and locked into the discussion. All that found in one spot, Hick at Night Podcast, night spelled N-I-T-E, available wherever you do get your podcasts. Okay, so we are now moments away from the penultimate college football playoff rankings being revealed. So as we await those rankings to be um, unfurled, I want to give you my top four. Or really, I want to give you my top eight, Greg, because we go into conference championship weekend here with eight teams still alive for the four college football playoff berths. I want to give you an idea where my mind is at. Then we can also react to the committee's rankings as well. So if I was a college football playoff committee, if I was a one-man committee, here's what my top four would be going into conference championship weekend. Number one, Michigan. Two, Georgia. Three, Washington. Four, Ohio State. Let's start from top to bottom really fast here. Number one, Michigan has to be rewarded for getting the best win of the season. Right, They are sitting there at number three. They just beat the number two team in the country. No other team in college football has as great of a win as that. And if you can't move up two spots for beating the number two team in the country, what are we doing? Why are we playing these big games? If you're not going to get rewarded for for beating the second best team in the country, why are we playing these games and how come results don't matter? Results do matter. And that is why Michigan going into conference championship weekend should have a number one next to their name. Beating the number two team in the country, along with beating the number 11 team in the country in Penn State on the road, is absolutely enough to overtake the Bulldogs and sit there at number one. And this is not number one to go into the playoff. I am more than okay sitting here saying Michigan should be number one this week. And then on Sunday, when the rankings actually come out, flip-flopping and putting Georgia number one because this upcoming weekend... You have Michigan taking on Iowa and Georgia taking on Alabama. If Georgia throttles Alabama, that is a much more impressive win than Michigan beating Iowa. So I have no no problem with the committee putting Michigan one today. And then on Sunday, when the actual final rankings come out, flip-flopping and saying, you know what? This week, Georgia was the better team. We're putting them at number one. We like their overall resume better, and they deserve to be the number one team in college football going into the playoff. No problem with that. I don't think that you should, if you're the committee, say, well, we probably will put Georgia number one uh, when the playoff you know, does wrap up, assuming they beat Alabama. So we're just going to leave them here, uh, here now, and we'll put Michigan at two. Do not be afraid to flip-flop. This should be a week-by-week discussion. Right? You're putting the rankings out weekly. So that means what you did most recently should have a major impact on what you're doing. 
That is why I think Michigan should be number one, Georgia number two. Now, yes, Ohio State just was number two and just lost to Michigan. They, though, are still in my top four because Ohio State has the best resume of all one-loss teams at the moment. And that is important there, those last three words, at the moment. The Buckeyes still have wins over number 11, Penn State, number 11, or number 18, Notre Dame. And now the rankings are coming out as we speak. Literally right in front of my eyes, they do have Notre Dame number 17. So you have now a win over number 11, Penn State, and number 17, Notre Dame. That's right now better than any other one-loss team can say. That's better than Oregon. Right now, whose best win is number 20, Oregon State. Better than Texas. Who, yes, they do have a win over number 8, Alabama. But they don't have a better win on top of that as well. Also, I think the loss for the Buckeyes is better, which you do have to factor here. I don't think it should be a big factor, but still does factor into the conversation nonetheless that Ohio State's loss to Michigan on the road is better than Texas's loss at a neutral site to Oklahoma who has fallen off. So Ohio State has a better resume than Oregon, than Texas, and Alabama. And plus, I'm sorry, you can't have right now this specific week the tide-jumping Ohio State when they needed a literal, literal miracle in order to beat Auburn. I mean, 4th and 31, the percentage chances of you converting that has to be, what, 1%? Now, credit to Alabama, they found that 1%, and they right they, they made the play, they won the game. But also, we're talking about a bad Auburn team that's coming off a loss at home to New Mexico State, and you needed a 4th and goal from the 31-yard line, Hail Mary, to win that game. You don't deserve, I'm sorry, to jump Texas. Jump Oregon if you're Alabama or be ahead of Ohio State. So right now, going to conference championship weekend, the Buckeyes have the best one-loss resume of any of those teams. And that's why, for me, they still stay number four. Will that stay the case come Sunday? Probably not. But again, this is a week-by-week rankings. And I think right now, going into conference championship weekend, Ohio State should have the number four spot. Now, this is where it gets interesting. Five through eight. Five is Oregon. Six is Texas. Seven is Bama. Eight is Florida State. Look, we went away from computers for a reason. We had the BCS. We had the computers crunching the numbers, giving us all, you know, these, these, taking all these metrics into account. Why did we throw the BCS away? We threw the BCS away because we needed subjectivity. That we needed an eye test. It wasn't just let's crunch the numbers. We need to see how are these teams playing, what you know, outside factors, injuries, head coach missing, etc. We need to factor in other parts that right now computers can't. So the committee was created in part to make tough decisions. To use subjectivity. And that's why if they actually are going to do what they were brought to do, they should have Florida State 8th. They should have the Seminoles at 12-0 and behind a one-loss Oregon, behind a one-loss Ohio State, 
behind a one-loss Texas, and behind a one-loss Alabama. Because all four of those teams, Bama, the Longhorns, the Ducks, and the Buckeyes, despite, yes, they did lose a game in Florida State, hasn't, all four have better resumes and have flat-out looked better right now than the Seminoles have this season. The committee is there to make tough decisions. This is a tough decision you have to make, but it's a tough one. It's also the right one. Sure, the Seminoles are 12-0, but let's be honest here. Do they ever look like they belonged as one of the four teams in the country? Could we ever truly say, outside of just being 12-0, that they look like one of the best teams in the country? No. That's why, for me, they are eighth. Because Florida State has the weakest resume of any of the eight teams, and they have played down to their competition in half of these games. All right, their best win is LSU. Right now in the latest college football playoff committee rankings that are being revealed as we speak, LSU is 13. Every team above and below Florida State has a better resume. That's reason number one why the Seminoles should not be anywhere near the top four. Reason number two is they have played down to their competition in easily... Half of their season. If they were a true playoff team, they are blowing Boston College out, not winning by two. If they are truly one of the four best teams in the country, they do not need to go to overtime to beat an average Clemson team. If they were truly an elite team, they don't need to beat Miami at home, who's basically playing a backup quarterback for 95% of the game, only winning that game by seven. If they were an elite team, they don't need Riley Leonard to go down and be losing in the fourth quarter at home against Duke before you come back. You are not losing if you are truly a playoff team. 13-0 at home to North Alabama before Jordan Travis gets hurt. You're not doing it. And last week against Florida, sure, you could say, well, Ryan, you know, you have Tate Rodemaker. He's a backup quarterback. You won the game, you should be happy. Guess what? Florida, as well, was playing with a backup quarterback for the first time this season. Their starter, Graham Mertz, got hurt in the game before, just like Travis got hurt in the game before for the Seminoles. So both teams are literally playing with a backup quarterback for the first time this season. And you are going against a 5-6 and six Florida team? You get outgained in the game. You win the game, sure. Florida's offense had a lot more success than the Seminoles' offense did. You're really going to tell me that's a top team in the country? I I mean, you're 12-0, and but your resume is weak. You have zero impressive wins, and you have played down to your competition in, honestly, seven of the 12 games. Where does that scream playoffs? This is where the committee has to make the tough decision. And that is despite Florida State winning right now 12 games, we are in a unique situation where eight teams, for the first time in the college football playoff era, where eight teams are alive for four spots. That is unprecedented. And now you need subjectivity more than ever. And that's why, if it's me, I put Florida State 8. 
Now, with that said, we have the rankings out here. I'll go one to eight. Maybe that's just easier instead of going eight to one. One to eight. The, the latest college football playoff rankings here for the committee are out. Going into conference championship weekend, here are the rankings. One, Georgia. Two, Michigan. Three, Washington. Four, Florida State. Five, Oregon. Six, Ohio State. Seven, Texas. Alabama, eight. So just to reiterate. One through eight, these rankings are not mine. These are the College Football Playoff Committee rankings. Georgia, one. Michigan, two. Washington, three. Florida State, four. Those are right now the four teams in the playoff going into conference championship weekend. Oregon, five. Ohio State, six. Texas, seven. Alabama, eight. Here's what we'll do here. I want to let these marinate. So we're going to take a quick break right here on CBS Sports Radio. When we return, I got takes. Oh, I got takes. We'll give you instant reaction to the committee's rankings going into the final weekend of college football before the real games do start. I think there are multiple instances right now where the committee screwed up. I'll tell you where and why when we return. It is Ryan Hickey with you right here on CBS Sports Radio. This is Hick at Night. Here's Ryan Hickey. It is Ryan Hickey with you right here on CBS Sports Radio. The committee has put out their rankings. And let me tell you, I am I'm honestly at a loss for words. I am truly at a loss for words right now with, with their rationale and their decision-making process going into um, the final weekend here um, of college football. Boo Corrigan, the, the college football playoff committee chairman, spokesman, We'll be joining ESPN next year. We'll play some of that for you and some of his explanations as to some of the rankings here. But in case you're just getting into your car here, let's set the stage before we get into some instant analysis and some breakdowns. So the college football playoff committee rankings are released. The top eight going to conference championship weekend are as follows. One, Georgia. Two, Michigan. Three, Washington. Four, Florida State. Five, Oregon. Six, Ohio State. Seven, Texas. Eight, Alabama. A few big takeaways here. The biggest, or number one, I should say, is this. The number one takeaway here is, why isn't Michigan number one? How can you still argue and still justify if you're the college football playoff committee coming off a weekend in, we, in which we just watched Michigan beat number two Ohio State and Georgia win and pull away late, but struggle against Georgia Tech, why is Michigan not number one? These rankings are supposed to be week by week. They put them out week by week, not month by month or just one time at the end of the year. So if you're going to do a weekly rankings show, which the committee does, then you have to then adjust the rankings based on what you see from that previous week. We just saw Michigan pull off the best win In college football, no team right now has a better win than the Wolverines in beating Ohio State, who was, at the time, number two in the country. And that is not enough for you to go from number three to number one, where the number two team you just beat and the number one team in Georgia 
was playing a close game against Georgia Tech for the entirety of the game. What are we, like, again, I feel like I say this a lot, and this is infuriating. The games matter. What we watch on Saturdays have to matter. Not the recruiting rankings, not past history, not like, oh, well, they're a big branch, so let's put them here. What we watch on Saturdays have to be the biggest barometer of change each and every week. And the committee refuses, refuses to allow what we see each and every Saturday to influence their decision-making. It's infuriating. Again, why are we playing these games if they're not going to impact the standings going forward? Is this a true rankings show? Or are we just sitting here just twiddling our thumbs saying, oh, we got to put something out here. We didn't really watch the games. Let's just make the easy decision and say, well, number one, they didn't lose, so we're going to keep Georgia there. And Michigan, nice one. We're going to put them at number two. And Florida State, they're so undefeated, so we're going to put all the undefeated teams together here, one, two, three, and four. Are we here to just check a box, or are we here to make the tough decisions, the right decisions? The right decision going into conference championship weekend is putting Michigan at number one. They have the best resume. When you not only add the Ohio State win, but also the win over Penn State, which right now is a, is number 10 in the latest committee rankings, Michigan has two top 10 victories on their resume. No other team at this present moment has that. So two top 10 victories and one coming just on Saturday in the biggest game of the season, how that is not enough to move the Wolverines from three to one is laughable. It's pathetic and it's undefendable. The committee totally dropped the ball. And I don't care, by the way, that Georgia, if they smoke Alabama, could then jump back to number one. Fine. If that happens, put Georgia at number one and we'll move forward here. But these rankings, because they come out weekly, you have to then prioritize what you see the previous Saturday. And what we saw this past Saturday was Michigan beat the number two team in the country. They have the best win right now of any team in college football, and they should be rewarded by going from three to one. There is no explanation you could possibly say that justifies Georgia right now this week over Michigan. That's number one. Number two, the fact that Florida State here is number four is a joke. Is it? It's an absolute joke, and honestly, it's an embarrassment to the sport. It is a flat-out embarrassment to college football, the coaches that coach, and the players that play. Because you are not rewarding taking care of business, quote-unquote. You are making an easy decision, and you are punishing, at the moment right now, more deserving players, more deserving coaches who, unlike Florida State, have challenged themselves and have come out of that other side of the challenge in a better spot. Florida State has played down to their competition for over half their games. You can't play down to your level of competition and also, by the way, not have a a big-time win. They don't have any impressive win whatsoever. And these latest rankings, by the way, LSU is 13, Louisville 14, so they're going to play Louisville this week. That's not even going to be if they win their best win of the season. 
You can't have the best win of your season be a three-loss LSU team. Then also, by the way, on top of that, play close games against Boston College, Clemson, Miami, Pitt. Trail 13-0 to North Alabama. Play closer than you should against Florida, who also had their own backup quarterback, lose in the fourth quarter at home to Duke. You can't have seven games play down to your level of competition and truly sit here and say you're one of the four best teams in the country. The committee was made or created to make the tough decisions. The tough but right decision is right now putting Florida State eighth. There is no way right now you could say they have a better resume or better win than anything Georgia, Michigan, Washington, Oregon, Ohio State, Texas, Alabama, anything they've done this year. So to continue to reward the Seminoles for mediocrity, it's a slap in the face to everyone else in college football. It's a joke. Make the tough decisions. That's why you are there. The, the committee was made for subjectivity. In this specific year, where we are going into the final weekend of college football before the playoff starts, with eight teams still live for four spots, that itself is unprecedented. We have never had, since the, since the playoffs started and expanded in 2014, we have never had this many teams alive this late in the season. So that means now it's not just as simple as, oh, you win and you're in. You need differentiating factors here to separate who should get in. If we are sitting here talking about a 12-1 and Texas team, a 12-1 and Alabama team, a 12, excuse me, 12 and 1 Georgia team, a 12 and 1 Oregon team, a 12 and 1 Washington team, a 12 and 1, I don't think I said it, but if I didn't, Georgia team. There's an absolute realistic chance here. We have 12 and 1 Georgia, 12 and 1 Washington, 12 and 1 Oregon, 11 and 1 Ohio State, 12 and 1 Texas, 12 and 1 Alabama. That is an absolutely realistic possibility that we are sitting here on Sunday along with, by the way, an undefeated Florida State. You can't just say, well, if you're undefeated, you're in. You need subjectivity. You need to dive into who teams play and how they look when they play them. Style points in college football is important. This is not the NFL where there is no such thing as style points. It's literally the only way you get in the playoffs is by how many wins you have and what tiebreakers you own. That is it. There's no committee. There's no subject uh, subjectivity. It doesn't matter if you beat the worst team in the NFL by three points, one point, 30 points. A win counts the same. In college football, that is not the case. So it's not good enough this year to just say if Florida State is undefeated, they should be in. You need to look at who they've played, no one challenging, how they have looked, Again, I would argue mediocre for over half their season and realize they could be 13 to 0. But you know what? There's a team in, in Washington who has three top 20 victories on the season. If they lose on Friday night to Oregon, I would easily argue Washington's resume, even with a loss, is better right now than Florida State's. If Georgia loses or Alabama wins or Texas wins, all three of those teams are 12 and 1. All three of those teams have a better resume and a better argument to make the four-team college football playoff than Florida State. This is not the year where you can just say if you're undefeated, you're automatically in. 
Subjectivity is needed. How you play and who you play is absolutely imperative to determining the four best teams. That's what we're looking for here. The four best teams right now in college football. And with how Florida State has played, the fact that right now their best win came all the way back in week number one, they play in the weakest conference of the Power Five in the ACC. You can't sell me that they are a top team. And if you want to play the the 13-0 argument, let's put Liberty in. Liberty's undefeated. If we're just going to say it doesn't matter who you play, if you're 13-0, you should be in the college football playoff, then let's put Liberty in, damn it. Reward being undefeated. But if we're going to say, well, no, they're not in the Power 5, Ryan. Well, guess what? With Florida State's resume, they're not really a Power 5 resume either. They played a lot of bad teams, and they have played down to a lot of bad teams. They should get punished for that, not rewarded. I can't believe it. I can't believe it. Now, I will say, I think the committee got it right in the sense that Ohio State being ranked ahead of Texas and Alabama is absolutely true. Again, they have wins right now. Ohio State does over number 10 Penn State and number 17 Notre Dame. Better than the resume Texas has, better than the resume right now currently Alabama has. The Buckeyes are still alive for the college football playoff. They absolutely are. Georgia wins. Michigan wins. Washington wins. Texas loses. Florida State loses. Ohio State is your fourth team. That's not a crazy scenario. Georgia beats Bama. They're going to be favored. Michigan beats Iowa. Iowa may not score seven points. Now, Washington is undefeated, but they've all uh, uh, is an underdog against Oregon. Excuse me. They've already beaten the Ducks, though, one time this season. Texas and Oklahoma State's been a spunky bunch this year. And if Florida State, again, they are barely getting by teams with a backup quarterback like Florida. They have not looked good this season. They are, frankly, due for a loss. If Louisville gets them and beats them, Georgia's in, Michigan's in, Washington's in, Florida State is out with a loss. Oregon is out with a loss. Texas is out with a loss. Alabama is out with a loss. Who else are you putting in? Ohio State is your fourth team. So it was billed last week as an elimination game. This is a college football playoff game between Ohio State and Michigan. Ohio State is not dead. They are not dead whatsoever. And the scenario to get them in, it's not crazy whatsoever. The Buckeyes are very much still alive. So 855-212-4227. 855-212-4227. It is Ryan Hickey with you right here on CBS Sports Radio. You heard my opinions. I want to hear yours. Where did the committee get it right? Should Michigan be the number one team in the country? As we go into conference championship weekend here, should Florida State still be deserving of uh, a top four spot in the college football playoff rankings? Also, when we return, we have... Somewhat of an explanation. Boo Corrigan, college football playoff chairman, has spoken his piece. We'll let you hear his explanation as to why Georgia's number one, why Florida State is back in the top four despite struggling against a bad Florida team playing with their own backup quarterback. We'll hear whatever cockamamie explanation from Boo Corrigan that he does try to spew to us next. It is Ryan Hickey with you right here on CBS Sports Radio. Before that, though, a lot going on in the sports world. So we got to get you updated. 
It's Hick at Night with Ryan Hickey. Very fitting rejoin here from Ryan Botcher doing a great job producing. Where's my mind? Because I I feel like I'm on planet Earth here. The committee's mind, I, it might be on Mars. Pluto. I know it's, I guess, a sore subject for Pluto. No longer a planet, but we'll still give them here that, uh, that title on CBS Sports Radio. But it's just like, what are we doing here? The latest college football playoff rankings just continue to perplex me. And now, like, we got five games left. Like, that's it. We got five games left before now the committee is going to make their final decisions. These rankings and where you are going to those five games are massive. I think the committee has dropped the ball recently. So in case you didn't miss it here, here are the college football playoff committee rankings going into the final weekend of the regular season in college football, number one, Georgia, two, Michigan, three, Washington, four, Florida State, five, Oregon, six, Ohio State, seven, Texas, eight, Alabama. I think Michigan should be number one over Georgia. I don't think Florida State should be four, five, six, or seven. They, to me, should be eighth with how they have played continuously down to their competition. But also, too, looking at Ohio State at six, they are still alive to make the playoff. Their chances of two years in a row losing to Michigan and still being one of the four teams in the playoff are very much alive. So those are my a few of my quick takeaways here from the latest college football playoff rankings. What are yours? 855-212-4227. 855-212-4227. Also on Twitter at Ryan underscore Hickey and the number three. Let's hear from Boo Corrigan, College Football Playoff Committee Chairman. Does meet with ESPN every single Tuesday to explain the committee's thinking and their logic for why they rank teams where they do. So he was asked by just a general philosophy here. How does the committee rank teams? Here's Boo's answer. Yeah, we look at everything, as we've talked about each week that we've been here. You know, we're not relying on one single data point, one single game. We're looking at, you know, we're through 13 weeks right now and making sure that as we do go through it, uh, we are comparing everything that's going on over the course of the year. So if you're comparing everything, I still don't know how that justifies Forget about Florida State 4. You, you, I've made that known now for weeks. Nothing has changed. I mean, any, if anything, again, Florida State continues to make my point for me here as they continue to struggle with bad teams week in and week out. But even just with the Georgia-Michigan debate, who should be number one? If you're taking everything into account, Michigan has two top 10 victories on the season. Ohio State, Penn State. One at home, one on the road. Georgia has one top 10 victory to their name. That's Missouri at home. Their next best win, Ole Miss, number 11, also at home. So Michigan has two top 10 wins, one on the road. Georgia has two top 11 wins, both at home. Michigan's resume is flat out better. And unlike Georgia... They were not down 14-3 against a bad South Carolina team at home at halftime. They were not on the road in a dogfight against a bad Auburn team. Georgia has. So, again, like it's like the, 
Boo Corrigan says one thing and the actions say completely the other thing. It doesn't make any sense to me. Let's, though, give him a second chance. Let's try to hear his explanation on the latest Florida State rankings. They were five last week, now moved up to number four. Yeah, you know, different team, right? Different team without uh, Jordan Travis. Uh, Tate Rodmaker continues to, uh, in the game and a half that, that he's been playing, has done well, has, has kind of managed the game. You know, Trey Benson getting three touchdowns during the course of that game, as we talked about last week. Uh, it's more than just one player, but obviously they're a, a different team without uh, Travis. They, I'm going to ask a question, and I honestly don't know if I want the answer. Do they watch the games? They like, do they actually watch the games, or is it just a box score report from the next morning of, oh, wow, Trey Benson, three rushing touchdowns. That's impressive. Conveniently, I didn't hear Boo Corrigan mention the fact that Florida State, despite Tate Rodemaker playing well, quote-unquote, was outgained by Florida, who had their own backup quarterback. I conveniently missed that part. Florida playing with similar circumstances as a 5-6 and six team on the season, way less talented, and not having a good year whatsoever, when both teams are playing with their backup quarterback, so that's a, a neutral factor, right? You, you can't say, oh, in this game specifically, Florida State was playing with the backup quarterback, because both sides are even, you had Florida outgain the Seminoles. In the last game of the year, in which all year Florida State has continued to play down to their competition. I'm not sure if they watch the games. Because I don't know how you can watch the Seminoles play this year and with a straight face say they're one of the top four teams in the country. I don't know. I do it to myself. I Honestly, look, hand up, I do it to myself. I get worked up. I believe, you know, my issue is I believe going into these rankings that they'll do the right thing, that common sense will prevail, that they actually watch the games and know what they're talking about. And then each week I get disappointed and frustrated like you're hearing right now because guess what? I play myself every week. They're not going to change. They're not going to use logic or common sense or make the tough decision. And that's a shame. And that is also another reason why a 12-team college football playoff cannot get here fast enough. I cannot wait for 2024 because that limits the ineptitude of the college football playoff committee and doesn't rob a deserving team of competing for a championship. I am glad that at least next year we will have the right teams and the deserving teams fighting for a championship on the field. 855-212-4227. 855-212-4227. David is calling from Buffalo. What's going on, David? Hey, Ryan. How you doing tonight? Um, I was better about an hour or so ago, David. We're trying to come down. We're trying to we're trying to keep it all together here. I appreciate you taking my call, man. Um, yeah, your point about logic and the NCAA and anything with college sports, that went out the window, sadly, uh, a long time ago. Um to me, I, I think the biggest thing is Michigan should be ranked number one. I think they had a really impressive win. The last few wins, obviously the win over Penn State uh, was impressive as well, considering Penn State's still in the top ten. Um, and I think to me, you know, Michigan now, this is their time to really go out and win this. I feel like, to me, Harbaugh's suspension is over. Um, they, they should smoke Iowa on Saturday. And then I think to me the playoffs, I mean, they obviously they laid an egg last year against TCU. 
this is an opportunity for them to redeem themselves, for Harbaugh to win a national championship, exit exit stage left, and go be the next Buffalo Bills head coach. <laughs> I appreciate that, David. I'm sure you're rooting for it. Michigan has a real opportunity. Again, this is – Jim Harbaugh said in the preseason, this is the best Michigan team he has had. You beat Ohio State for the third straight year. Anything short of a national championship for this Michigan team is a failure. It's a failure. I don't want to hear about, oh, you made the playoff and, oh, they got unlucky or, the, you know, Oregon just was better that day or whoever. Texas, Alabama, they were just better that day. Georgia better that day. Anything less than a national title this year for Michigan is an absolute failure, especially when a blank storm is approaching. Can't say the word, I'm going to get fired. You can use your imagination uh, on what people would say there before the word storm starts with an S. Because this NCAA investigation is still ongoing. More sanctions are coming. It's already been reported. It's expected that Jim Harbaugh is going to miss most, if not all, of the 2024 season. This looks to be, on the surface, Michigan's last chance to win a national title for the foreseeable future. If Harbaugh is suspended... If there are more sanctions on this program, if Harbaugh leaves for the NFL, they, I think, are going to be swimming upstream here. It's going to be a long and tough road back for Michigan to get where they are right now. This is almost like their last stand here, which also puts extra pressure because if you don't win it now, you're not going to be back next year and not the year after that. This is your last chance for a while here to win a national title. All right, let's go back out to the phones, 855-212-4227, taking your biggest takeaway from the college football playoff committee rankings, which were as follows, Georgia 1, Michigan 2, Washington 3, Florida State 4, Oregon 5, Ohio State 6, Texas 7, Alabama 8. We go to Aaron, who's calling from Arkansas. What's up, Aaron? Hey, what's going on, man? How are we hanging? Hey, I just wanted to call you because uh, every week, almost every day, I hear you hating on Florida State, and I just I don't get it, man. I don't get where you see every team, including Washington, any team out of the Pac-12, better than Florida State. I just don't get it. You don't think Washington, with how they've played and who they've beaten, is a better team than Florida State right now? Absolutely no. I, I look Have you at watched them, Aaron? Any, I, do what? Have you watched Washington? I've watched almost every Washington game, and I really? watch them play absolutely no defense. They have no defense. None of the Pac-12 teams have defense. They can't play any school outside of the Pac-12 and compete unless it's a Mountain West Conference school. Um, you know, any of, those, any of those West Coast schools, Big Sky, like, I mean, like Montana, cool, man. You know what I'm saying? So did you, like, did you see it. Washington beat Oregon, just wondering? I did watch that game. And Got it. Both no defense, no defense at all for either team. I'm telling you, right? The Pac-12 30, 36, will get 33, right? That was the the final score. But when when Alabama beat LSU, do you know what the final score of that game was? Yeah, I don't care. I'm just telling oh. you, Pac-12 will get exposed. Oh, okay. So it doesn't matter when an SEC team does it. But it matters when a Pac-12 team does it. That, that I got it. That make you know that's fair. You're right because we have yeah, to, to, me, it, to me, ignore like, what you like and then what you don't like. Let's highlight. Uh, right. Makes so sense. when a Pac-12 beats up on a Pac-12, I mean, what what is the significance of that? They're they don't play. So anybody. what has Florida State done in your opinion, Aaron? Because the the Pac-12 conversation is going nowhere. You clearly do not watch Pac-12 football. That's fine. What about Florida I State? Let's talk Pac-12 about a team. Football. You know what you're talking about. Why is Florida State then good in your opinion? 
why does Florida State? I mean, aside from their twelve and zero record, I mean that right. that shows that every What's the other every argument? piece of adversity that if they have faced, they've been able to overcome. To me, that's a championship level team. I don't oh, understand how that's not. When they is Miami good this year, Aaron? Just wondering. <laughs> Miami has a winning record. Are they oh, is that, as are they good, good as? I mean, do they have an undefeated record like Washington? No, are they good no. in general? Are they good? Is is, is Miami I, objectively a good team? I think Miami's defensive line would do a lot of damage to Washington. Is Boston College objectively a good team? Those games don't matter because is I mean, Florida no. Florida a good is not team. a good team. Do what? Is Florida a good team? The Gators, they're not a great team. Is no, Pitt a good they, team? It does not matter. What do you mean it doesn't matter? These are the, all teams the Florida game. State has struggled with throughout the entire year. Of course it matters. If you are struggling to beat bad teams football, week Ryan? after week, Ryan, what do does that say about half? your team? Hey, do you watch the second half of the FSU? How many points has FSU allowed in the second half the entire season? You tell me. You got the number? I don't have the number. 50 points. It's 50 points. They've allowed 50 points. 12 games, they've allowed 50 points. They, they shut down Jaden Daniels completely in the first game, who is the high is going to be And this is the issue, Aaron. The in the Boston College game, second half, they let him up. Miami, we're talking about a one-score game. They play down to their level of competition. You can't tell me Florida State's a good team, and you also can't tell me Washington stinks. Watch the games. Know what you're talking about. Watch games before you call me. All right, when we return here, it's Ryan Hickey and CBS Sports Radio. Hot or not, NFL head coach edition. Don't miss it.